Today, in our second reading, we have a rich and theologically important canticle from Colossians. This, along with the canticle from Philippians, is one of the cornerstones of New Testament Christology. While Philippians speaks primarily of Christ's humanity and incarnation, Colossians speaks of his divinity and role within the Trinity. It seems fruitful to analyze this reading line by line. First, Christ Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Now we have to be careful here. At one point in Christian history, this line was used by the Arian heretics to suggest that Christ was created because he is described as the firstborn of all creation. This would make Jesus more of a demigod, like Hercules, somewhere below God but above normal human beings. Which is why we have to give special attention to the first part of this line. What does it mean to be an image of God? The Greek word here is icon. And in Eastern Christian theology, an icon is a material representation that makes an unseen reality present. In a sense, an icon is an extension of the reality, breaking into the world. So Jesus is the extension of the presence of God into the world. Not less than God, but an extension of God into material creation. Jesus is the firstborn of creation because even though he exists in creation, he also existed before it. The next one. For in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. This line sounds familiar. At the doxology, the most important part of the Mass, we declare that we are worshiping the Father through him and with him and in him. Him, of course, referring to Jesus. It would be unsurprising to learn that the doxology of the Mass developed from this verse of Colossians as almost the entire Mass quotes Scripture in some way. But what does it mean that all creation, visible and invisible, is through and for and in Christ Jesus? Taking into account the Augustinian formulation of the Trinity, in which the Son is the one who receives the love of the Father, we might say two things. First, if we are created for Jesus, then all of creation is part of the eternal and infinite act of love from the Father to the Son. We are part of the infinite gift given from one person of the Trinity to another. Second, if we are created through and in Jesus, then we are modeled after him, and therefore are created to receive love. 
The feeling of transcendence or longing that we all feel from time to time is the expression of the deepest desire of our created hearts to receive the love of the Father. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, receives the love of the Father infinitely and eternally. And because we are created through and in Jesus, we are created to receive this love infinitely and eternally too. The next one. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. If all of creation finds its identity in being created for, in, and through Jesus, then nothing in this world makes sense without Jesus. He really is before all things, not just in time, but in prestige. He must come first in our academies, in our state houses, in our community centers, in our homes, and in our lives. With Jesus, everything holds together. Without Jesus, everything falls apart. The next line. He is the head of the body, the church. This line seems out of place. The entire canticle is dealing with creation in grand and sweeping terms. Why bring in the church? Two reasons. First, the church is part of creation, not simply because it exists in the material world, but because it was intentionally created by God just as much as the sun and the animals were. In fact, the church is even greater than merely natural creation, because it is in the church that God's recreation begins. The church is the final act of the original creation, and the first act of the new creation. It is the church and all that stems from it, that will persist even after this broken world of sin passes away. And of course, just as with the first creation, Jesus Christ is the keystone, the head of the recreation. It is for, through, and in Jesus that the work of recreation, the work of redemption, begins and finds its completion. This line also marks a turning point in the canton. From this point on, the focus moves from the act of creation to the act of redemption. Both creation and redemption speak of the role and importance of Jesus Christ. And the church is the bridge between the two. The next one. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he himself might be preeminent. Jesus really is the central focus of all creation, and everything falls apart without him. But, as the Book of Wisdom reminds us, death was not part of God's creation, 
but only came about through sin. Which means that death is not for, through, and in Jesus Christ. But this cannot be. All things must be subject to Christ. It is for this reason that Jesus chooses to die, so that he can enter even into death and make death subject to his dominion, so that he can be the firstborn of all creation, even of the dead. When the author of Colossians says here that Jesus is the beginning Remember that it is in the context of a turn toward redemption. Jesus is the beginning of the new creation, and this new creation began at his death and resurrection. The final line. For in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile all things for him making peace by the blood of his cross through him, whether those on earth or those in heaven. Once again, we see the key prepositions, in him, through him, for him. The original creation was destroyed and fractured by sin. The world today is marked by chaos and competition. Just as the first act of creation was in him, through him, and for him, the new act of creation, the redemption, the healing of the fracture, and the reestablishment of order, all these things occur for, through, and in Jesus Christ. But how? It is not through force and violence, because this would only serve to increase the chaos and disorder. Instead, it is through voluntary self-sacrifice, through his blood and through his cross, that Jesus brings peace and reconciliation to the world. It is through the greatest act of love ever known to mankind that Jesus Christ established his lordship over all creation. Through him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, forever and ever.